that's all you want. You don't have to. I, I always say to people when they talk about being like self-employed, I say you don't aim to make a lot of money. You just want to have enough money. Yeah. And not, having enough is fine. Yeah, that's all you want. It's like you don't want a lot. You just want enough. Yeah. And you just have to decide what enough is. Yeah, I think each person has to decide that for themselves. Enough is enough is enough. I can't go on. I can't go on no longer. My theme song. Who sang that then? Woo. Oh, well. I actually don't know. The only time I ever saw that song was on, you know, that Michael Barrymore show. Like, uh, oh, it had yeah. something to do with music. I oh, yeah. oh, yes, I know the one. Yeah. I can't remember what it was Something. I think yeah, it was like my, a yeah. sister sledge or something like that. Summer or something. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, summer. Me, oh, uh, yeah, cinema. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, what are we doing again? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, cinema. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make a note to talk about cinema. Let's get ready to rumble. Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema. The podcast that is recording on a very, very bad day to wear jeans and be stuck in a car with no AC. <laughs> now, my name is Tosin. I am your host, based up in Coventry in the Midlands. And joining me, as always, on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. So, I don't know about you guys, but it's kind of boiling up here. It was raining this morning, but as the day went on, it, it progressively got muggier. How's it going on the island? Yeah, it was a pretty yeah, strange it was a bit day. Cloudy this morning, wasn't it? It's cloudy mm. this morning, and now it's been—I think it's been bright all afternoon. Yeah, we nice sunshine. Before, so it was nice. Oh, okay. Oh, so Sean, you say nice. You you say nice sunshine. Mm. Okay. okay, not so much for me. It's 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 uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, we would we did our walking, and when it's a bit cloudier, the sky was a bit more bubbly this morning, so it was nicer for. Oh, all right. Cool. All right. Cool. And and Sean, we're also we're also coming uh, coming to you from uh, the day after uh, n- another. Would you call it another nail in the coffin? For yes, I would. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, there's hope. There's hope, and you should never give up. You told me that. Never, never give up. Actually, yeah, yeah, true. People have, but I mean, it is a really tough call. But if it happens, then oh, that will be a bonus. Yeah, I mean. I mean, the second half we played absolutely brilliant yesterday, and we should have had a couple of goals. I think I think we're the team that's had the most shots against City, Man City all year. Yeah. So, so yeah. But it's not yeah. to be. I think we used I think we used all our luck up on that Leicester game. But so this there's is still hope. There's still hope. Fingers crossed. With, uh, for those of you who don't understand what we're talking about, we're talking about Sean's home team, Bournemouth. <laughs> Sean's home home Bournemouth team, and um, in the well, in the football league, and it's well in the Premier League. And uh, let's see, I, I think essentially, if they make it out this season, it would be worthy of a film. It, <laughs> it would truly be worthy of a film. And we're also coming to you in the week in which said there seems to be a stalemate in this game. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about there being this cinematic game of chicken oh this yeah that's right <laughs> I, there seems to be a stalemate nobody has made any announcements tenet christopher nolan hasn't pushed the release date of tenet back cineworld hasn't said anything odin hasn't said anything so as far as we know cineworld is still open is still hoping to open up at the end of july was it august there was july it was 31st july, of july yeah. At the end of july yeah yeah odin is still it's not saying more 
Augusty. Yeah, Odeon is still not saying when they're going to open. And Tenet, is the, which is the film that they all seem to pin in all their hopes on, is still due for some time in August. And uh, Odeon, I've just received an email from Odeon saying, Tenet, oh yeah, 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 Tenet is the kind of film. Read this article about Tenet, yay! But not saying anything about when the cinemas will be coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Crucially, not saying anything about when they will be reopening. It is all very cagey right now. It's very cagey. They're all kind of like just so going, oh yeah, 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 let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. So we are left on a show called Netflix is a Cinema with, once again, no cinema. I was looking at it and you know... Yeah, so we've been doing these lockdown shows, and this is our thirteenth lockdown show. Wow! Yeah, mm, wow! <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a thirteenth lockdown show. So I hear you. You're listening to this, and you're wondering, hang on a second, a show called Netflix versus Cinema, where it's all about weighing up whether your money is better spent in watching Netflix or better spent in cinema. What do you actually do? How do you actually get by? So what we do is we talk about our viewing habits in the lockdown. We have an interview with a cinema buff, with a film buff, asking them a couple of questions. And then we come back, we talk about what they've said about, talk about what cinema is all great, what's so great about cinema, all that sort of stuff. Then we leave you until next week while we go and we peruse the emails to see whether Cineworld or Odeon or Warner Brothers have said anything that will give us a clue as to when we're going to see films again. Um, But so let's go with that. How has it been going with your viewing habits this week, guys? Well, well, I was me, stricken, uh, my conscience uh, was stricken, so I decided I would sit and watch something. So I have seen a film. Hey! Oh, Sharon has seen a film! Oh, wow! Hey. That has not been a regular occurrence over this lockdown period. No! <laughs> <laughs> and, I've, uh, I've, Sean, yeah? yeah I've, and I've, I've not really seen anything. I haven't even really been on YouTube a lot. I've watched a lot of football. Um, I'm trying to think what I've actually done. Yeah, I haven't really really seen much or to, to be honest um i've been working quite a lot oh and i did the weekend did try the garden cinema i think i sent you some yes yeah. yes so, so sean yeah, yeah. has decided to set up an outdoor cinema in his back garden where he, <laughs> uh, you sent us pictures of, of you you having projected oh i think you you sent us series of jurassic world you sent us rollerball the james khan version it was like being yeah. projected on the side of the building, and it—I'm got to admit—it looks really, really good. It looks really, really it does good. Look good, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks really good. Your your back your backyard cinema and the fact that you, so if anybody is free on the Isle of Wight and wants to go around somewhere in cows and you know hang around behind a fence and look at Sean's back garden, yeah, you I guess I guess you're more than welcome. I mean, the more people show up, the more he might actually have he might this Sean. This could be like a pension for you. You can start charging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to remember charge. to bring my headphones so that I can. I don't have to lip read. Yes, yes, because right, we, I, because I was I was actually I was on the island yesterday and I met up with you guys and we were coming up with complicated complicated ways of making sure that everybody could listen to the film with headphones on without bothering the neighbours. Which uh, I'm, I'm kind of quite I'm quite interested in seeing how complicated we can make it and if it will actually work. But hey. <laughs> The more complicated, the better, I think. (laughs) The more moving parts, the more things to break, the more exciting it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that'll be be interesting. That'll be interesting to see the sound. The the sound is the thing that, that, I mean, the pictures, like you've seen for yourself, the picture quality is quite good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So, so, Sean, the question, have you figured out what your viewing is going to be? What is on your viewing slate? What are you going to show in Sean's backyard center? Well, it's got to be something that's 
um, we're thinking, I mean, time-wise as well, we've got a time-wise thing to worry about. Um, you know, well, we haven't got to worry about it, but just thinking about time-wise things, there's not a lot of, I mean, if you're going to project something, um, it needs to be sort of a spectacular film, really, doesn't it? If you're going to be uh, big like that, rather uh, than the, like the a, age old, yeah. The age-old argument that we've been having on the it's like, yeah. why go to the cinema to watch a rom-com? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Um, I'm thinking uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Because, Ooh, uh, that's good. Uh, that's tempted to, tempted to put that. Have you, you haven't seen that, have you, Sharon? Have you seen that? No. No. Um, or The Meg. Or... <laughs> the Meg was fun. That's a good summer film, The Meg. Um, I, I mean, that would be quite fun. Say, so that's what I mean. I've got a big, on, on a big screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course it has. And, you know, it's got that big, big monster thing isn't it really yeah. the, the bit i showed you of jurassic park or, or the new one you know the new jurassic world, jurassic that, world yeah out, that, that, that looks really good doesn't it that looks yeah. really really yeah really, really that sort of thing lends itself to it yeah okay um, keep your eyes peeled on our facebook page i might put some of these videos up yeah 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 okay yeah so and i mean i'm funny enough i've sort of was i was going to look this weekend and give people a chance to vote on it out of those ones that i've mentioned sharon which one would you give for your first second and third choice I'd go the Meg first, right? Jurassic World second, and probably El Royale last. Last, okay. So that's a three, a two, and a one. So I would, I would I probably go, I would probably go El Royale first, hmm. uh, the Meg, and then Jurassic World. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'll work that out. <laughs> yeah. So you work that out, I do a poll or something. Yeah, but Sean, I'm a bit like you. I, I, I'm surprised at how quickly the week has gone by. And I'm like, what, what? I'm like, what, we're here again? And I'm thinking, have yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, I must have watched something. But apparently, I haven't watched anything to completion <laughs> in the last week. I, I haven't. But anyway, first of all, Sharon, let's, uh, let's kick off with um, what it was, the film that you've seen and what you thought about it. Let's have a quick review of I that. I have seen a new Netflix release called Old Guard. Oh, I really oh, I wanted yeah. to watch old that. Guard. I wanted to watch that. Yes. The Old Guard, yeah. yeah. The Old Guard. With Charlize Theron and Matthias Jonert and Juetta Joyfor. I'm trying to think of some of the other actors in it. They're the big ones, the three biggies. Hey, Harry Melling, always known as the Dursley Kid from Harry Potter. He plays yeah. the head of the pharmaceutical company. He's the Mer he's Merrick. Yeah, I thought I knew, I recognised him. I thought I know you from somewhere, but I couldn't quite work out where. He, yes, he was also he was also in um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes. Yeah. And he was in the uh, Amelia and Amelia Clark film. Um, one with Sam Cafflin. Oh, Life Without You me or Me you. Before You? That was it. Yeah, yeah that so was he, it. He was in that. Okay, so, yeah, cool. Old Guard. It's based on a comic that I haven't read or a graphic novel. I'm not quite sure which it is. I know there is a distinction between the two. And if yes. you get it wrong, then people will be after you with like torches and pitchforks. Yes. So I'm, I apologise if I've identified it under the wrong category. I'll say graphic novel because it sounds a bit more grown up. It is. It, so, yeah, yeah. It's a graphic novel. Basically, that Charlie Theron leads a group of immortals that's no spoiler because you find this out within the first frame more or yeah. less. she's the she's called andromache and she leads this group of there's five of them immortals who basically are sort of like mercenaries they get hired to do things but they're not hired to kill people they're hired 
they try to be on the side of right. And as they, one of the characters said, it all. And she says, "How do you know what?" One of the other characters says, "How do you know what's right?" And he says, "Well, it all depends on what century you're in." <laughs> and so <laughs> they try to steer, to navigate their way down through the centuries by trying to do the right thing and by supporting the right, the good guys. Yeah. And as our story begins, there's a young female marine in Afghanistan who gets. In a, caught up in a fight with a local Taliban guy, a bomb maker, uh, gets her throat cut. And according to her colleagues, she dies. But then the next day, she's sat up in her hospital bed with barely a scar on her neck. Yeah. And it turns out that she has become an immortal. What Ooh. triggers this transition from mortality to immortality, no one knows. But when someone gets this call, all the other immortals in the world know about it but it's luckily there's only sort of five of them so they all have this sense that she's there so they go and seek her out as through the centuries whenever a new immortal has appeared they've gone and found them and they sort of draw them into their own family mm. because you know their life as they knew it can't exist anymore yeah so all intents and purposes to the world they're dead and yeah. if they're not it does cause enormous problems so anyway you have this world building part of it where you establish that this is a world this is our world but there are these group of immortals exist and now at some point through the history someone has began to notice patterns and have identified that something's going on outside of the normal course of events and they want to get hold of some of these immortals so they can decide is there something genetic about these people that can be used for the good of mankind or, or for profit money <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, as as is the na- as is, is the natural way of doing things. We found someone who lives yeah. forever. Quick, analyze their blood. Let's we can sell this as a pill. <laughs> let's exploit that. Let's make death. Let's defeat death. So, so you then have your conflict. You have your bad guys, the people who want to capture them and dissect them, and then you have our team of, sort of valiant battlers. Yeah, who, uh, so, you know, been outside of society for millennia. Yeah. <laughs> She's so eloquent with the words. <laughs> this is like a team of what was it? Bat- battlers, battlers. That's great. Battlers. Battlers. Yeah, that was <laughs> nice word. Nice word. Okay, so so this is a film. This is a film. Okay, and so you have a new immortal played by Kiki Lane, who is. She's pretty new on the scene uh, when it comes I to being a woman. I, I don't recall her in any other films. She, she was in a film called If that. If Bill Street Could Talk, which is now on Amazon Prime, which I really, really hope. It was one of those films that everybody was talking about for Oscars, but got ignored. It was from the director oh. of... It was from the director of Moonlight. It was the film he did after Moonlight. I know the film you mean. I know the yeah. film you mean. Yes, I, yeah, I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, and... Um, so this film, the premise of this film, it sounds like this could be really good fun. Does it live up yeah. to it? It does. I mean, there's because these immortals have been around for a long time, there are no tricks they haven't learned, and they've honed their, their craft. We don't know how old Andromache is, but you get at one point she describes herself as the, the girl who's become an, an immortal. Uh, she's a Christian, she wears a cross around her neck, and at one point she's praying. And Andromache says to her, They used to pray to me once. Oh, and wow. <laughs> so you get the feeling that she is thousands of years old they don't explicitly say it but you're thinking one of the greek gods she may have become immortalized as one of the greek gods potentially oh, right. that's where some one of the myths have come from but you know that she's ancient and so her 
yeah, weapon of choice is a bladed weapon. Yeah. And so you see her basically dropping a gun and reaching for a blade at numerous points, and she sort of tears through these elite troops as if she was buttering going out for a Sunday stroll. But so yes. okay, so two and they all have their own different. They bring their own different gifts. The other two immortals are uh, crusaders. One was an. Uh, uh, they used to call them in the, the, in the days of the Crusades. You had your Mohammedans, and then you with who fought with you know Suleiman the Great and all that. And oh then yeah, you yeah. Had your Crusader knights. So they are a Crusader and a Mohammedan, or oh, right. as we'd say now, he's a Muslim. Uh, they and and a Christian. They are the two other two who they said we killed each other for centuries. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and then you I have like the, the fourth one in this this sort of group. Sorry, the, the fifth one in this group is uh, he was killed in the Napoleonic Wars. He was the most recent immortal, being at 200 plus years old. And he was killed, we believe, it doesn't identify, but we believe he was killed in the, the Moscow campaign in 1812. So he died um, fighting for Napoleon. All right, so two quick questions. Yes. Um, w- is the action any good? And B, how many stars would you give it? Action-wise, yes, I would say it's... It, it doesn't lag. They have their moments of introspection, but then they they know what they're selling here. They're selling an action <laughs> film, so they they don't let it lag between the punching and the kicking and the slashing and the shooting. So they keep it <laughs> they keep it moving. And so yes, it, it does deliver on the action front. And so it, if you want to see people being shot, slashed, stabbed, blown up. This is the film for you. (laughs) We have a film for you. And I don't think it's a spoiler, but I think obviously the the graphic novel is obviously not a standalone. So it does seem to, at the end, sort of set it up for maybe more films or further adventures of the old guard. So I would say, yes, it delivers on the actual front and there's potential for it to be expanded into a wider wider guardiverse. And how many stars? I would say, I'm torn actually between... it's for enjoyment level, I'd give it a four. But for if you want sort of something a bit more intellectually challenging, it's a three. So I would probably go somewhere in between and I'd give it a solid sort of like three and a half. Okay. So <laughs> we don't want intellectual it, stuff. It, it, it's solidly entertaining. So, yes, it certainly delivers on that front. Definite, um, definitely sounds better than six underground. So, <laughs> so it definitely delivers as entertainment. So I would give it a, a yes, a, a good three but not quite a four for me but it was a good film oh, good stuff good stuff cool. talking about netflix original films and the film that i cannot give a full report back of because i haven't finished watching it yet i am an about an hour in is the five bloods as we spoke about last <laughs> week on the show after <laughs> after sean sean went all hulk on the fat on the five bloods <laughs> and ripped it a new one and um <laughs> so i was like well well i i need to go see this film because it's the kind of film that we were looking at we were comparing last week what people were saying on imdb about it and i was looking at rotten tomatoes because on rotten tomatoes you have the critic score and they have the viewer score and I was like, I think this might be the kind of film where the critics give it quite a high score and the viewers go, Meow. and sure enough, critics, 92% of critics go, yes, great film. And only 54% of viewers say it's good. And Sean, I've, I've watched the film, well, I've watched about an hour of the film, about, I said about an hour in, and so far, I am really liking it. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I am really liking it. So far, I am still waiting for the essentially 
for this film to for me to get to the level of Sean's sort of like you know just this is rubbish like this film is going to have to go some and go downhill quite badly in the next because it's about an hour and a half it's going to have to go downhill quite badly in the next in the next hour and a half or it's about two and a half hours sorry uh, it's going to have to go uh, downhill quite badly in the next but there's there's still a lot of time there's still a lot of time that it, it can That's mess things up yep still a lot of time I think there's enough rope there to hang itself in yeah. I, I think on my, I think on my review, I did say that I thought it was did start off quite good. I think I I did think that it started off quite good and then just went haywire. Yeah, I yeah, think, it, yeah. Uh, so, I think so. So yeah, I'm trying to think what it would be in in an hour and a half. So, have you had the first battle yet? Yes, you would have done. Uh, the first flashback battle. The first flashback. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I've had yes, the first okay. flashback. I think at the point I've gotten to, uh, uh, Martin Luther King has just been shot. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 They... So, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert for a movie set during the war that was in Vietnam, which quite interestingly they keep calling the American War in the film. Which I was like, well, gee, that's probably more accurate. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, um, so, so, for, so, spoiler alert for a film that said during that time, during that time, Martin Luther King gets shot. Uh, so, so um, yeah, no, I'll, I'm really interested to, to finish to keep watching because I do feel like there are there's a lot going on in this film. There's a lot going on, and there's things like where people will be having a conversation and they'll say something in the conversation, and then in the middle of the conversation, it's kind of like they'll break away and give you a history lesson about oh, the first person who actually the first person who who died for America in Vietnam was actually a black man, and all that. And they'll, they'll just give you all these cutaways, and I'm like, oh, okay. And they have this really weird thing at the beginning where the where the bloods meet for the first time, where they replay like they would hug somebody, and then they will show another angle, and they'll do the hug again. And at right at the beginning, I'm like, what, what, the, why, why is that go? Why did they do that? And and first of all, I thought it was like I thought it was like you know one of these. Um, continuity errors that they pull out like sometimes that you sometimes see in films i thought it was one of those to begin with but then they did it again and i was like no that was definitely definitely intentional and i quite like they have this gimmick in it where when they flash back to the old to when these when these guys were in vietnam like uh when they were fighting for america in vietnam when they flash back to it they don't cast them with younger people they don't try and make them all they don't youngify them a la the irishman or like you know Michael Douglas in Ant-Man they don't they don't they don't make them younger it's the same people who you see in the present day who are playing the roles of their younger selves exactly as they are in the old times so you have Chadwick Boseman walking around commanding these people who are like double his age <laughs> and, yeah and, and as a trick i quite like it it's almost as if it's almost as if it's saying um these people the, these men might be like you know 50 60 years old now but they never left vietnam like they're still reliving mm-hmm. everything that they went through and i quite like it so there's things about it that i like so far i said an hour in i don't i i am not at the burn it with fire stage that sean <laughs> that, that sean was oh, at I'm still yeah but but, yeah, but no, i say no, i say there's still, still an hour and a half I'm, there's still an hour and a half yeah that's it. I'd, I'd forgotten about it actually until you mentioned it, and now it's made my blood boil again. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. Um, I, well, it's, it's funny. I mean, I can understand what it's trying to do. I always did, and and I mean, like where they have the first black man that won the Congressional Medal of Honor. You know, yeah. was, was was a Vietnam soldier. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you know those bits, and it started off, and 
you know, when it started off with all the old film stills of things yeah, that yeah, went yeah. on, all classic classic photos, a hundred, you, you know, a hundred photographs that changed the world type of thing. You know, they got the the um, the the girl, which, uh, men who got, you know, with the napalm. So they got like the photos of that yeah, famous, yeah, really yeah, yeah, top, top hundred famous photos, and the chat with General Lone where he gets shot in the head he shoots the bc person in the head yes. and they got all that sort of stuff. yes all classic yeah. classic classic photos and i thought oh yeah yeah this looks quite good and as i say they have the little bit and then there's that photograph of the first congressional medal winner you know the first kind of professional um, congressional which is which is really really good. and then so yeah so you've got all that and yeah yeah the first black then, congressional so winner. it'd be interesting yeah yeah yeah. so but it'd be be interesting okay. to uh, so you so- see what you think of it as it goes on Till next week when I actually finish watching say, that film. Okay, I'm just going to say, um, I'll just say Riverboat, and I'd like to know what you think about that. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. I think they've made it onto a riverboat, but I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, I, right. I think I think that there's they they are threatening to do a sort of treasure of the Sierra Madre kind of thing, but we'll see what happens. And um, the other thing I started watching this week was Killing Eve. I finally decided to start watching Killing Eve after everybody has been banging on about it, and there's three seasons of it. And we started, so my wife and I decided to start watching it, and so far so good. But I haven't finished watching it, so no reviews or anything. All right, now, as I said, what we've been doing after we talk about our viewing habits is that we have been bringing on film buffs, film buffs that we know, film buffs that we have come across, who and just asking them a couple of questions. You'll hear the questions in, and this week up it uh, or in the interview that's coming up, and this week it is Miriam Reeve, a very good friend of mine, whose DVD collection, as you will hear quite at the beginning. I once nicked everything, all 200 or so films were mine for a glorious year. Anyway, I'll hand you over to Mim now, and here is Mim, and this is what she has to say. Okay, first of all, just wanted to say thank you so much for being our latest victim on the Netflix vs. Cinema podcast interview. Okay, you're most welcome. Yes. So, I'm speaking to Miriam Reeve, and Miriam, you are one of my old film friends, so to say. Indeed. Yeah. In that, um, um, by that I mean that, like, you know, one of those people who, like, you know, I think one of the first things we bonded over was film. What we, what we've spoken mm-hmm. about was film, and every, every time we meet up, film plays, uh, film plays a part in the discussion that we have. True. Yeah, and um, one of the biggest things that I remember that about being, <laughs> about um, uh, well, our, our shared film history is that there was a point at which you went off and decided to go around the world on a ship. And yes, yeah, you decided to go around the world on a ship, and I would describe your DVD collection as the DVD collection that most people think that my film knowledge should have. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> although, although th- this is this is mitigated by the fact that I am also, as we've said on previous, um, as we've said on previous podcasts, I'm from a the area of my Yorub- of the Yoruba tribe that I'm from is called the Ijebu people, and we're known for not spending money. So even though <laughs> everybody thinks I should have quite an impressive DVD collection, I don't want to spend that money. Although I have you, and you had no problem spending that money, didn't you? <laughs> true, very true. So do you want to describe a little bit what your DVD co- the DVD collection that I was left as the guardian of while you went off around the world on the ship? Oh, gosh, I couldn't tell you how many DVDs there were, but it was more of just a DVD collection of films that I loved and that I grew up watching. So there were several box sets. I remember a Lethal Weapon box set and probably a Die Hard box set. There were definitely some some period dramas in there somewhere. Um, 
and yeah just films that i loved and that i i watched repetitively i suppose which is why you buy dvds <laughs> um, or, or at least at that point in time that was why you bought them um i'm trying to think what else i had on there i definitely remember back to the future dvd box set oh yes yes there was a back to the future box set that's true um what else did i have I can't remember. It was a it was a while ago now. It, it, um, it was a while ago. I think that there might have been about two hundred of them. There were there were several boxes. There was even a spreadsheet at one point with the films oh. on, so I knew what I had. Oh yeah, that's a I good think. point. That's there a good was a point. Spreadsheet. Because I <laughs> oh good, I I remember that I remember that spreadsheet because I know that there was a point because. Okay, we'll explain what you were doing on a ship in a second. But yeah. <laughs> but as I know that there was a point at which I was how shall I say, I was make I was making your DVD collection in into a package that you could take with you. I'll put it that way. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. I remember having this spreadsheet and going, Has that been done? Has that been done? Has that been done? Has that been done? <laughs> yeah. And I remember yeah. that that was like my extracurricular activity for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, there is there is a spreadsheet somewhere that has like the list of all the films, but I I've, it is definitely over a hundred, and I'm pretty sure it's way to two hundred. I'm pretty sure that that the it was that extensive. But but you, do you want to tell us why were you leaving these poor DVDs motherless and going off <laughs> going off somewhere, leaving so them with I... me of all people? Yes. Well, at least I felt like you were a very good caretaker of said DVDs. So, you know, I didn't really feel like I was abandoning them fully, but um, but still. Um, so I uh, volunteered for a charity called Mercy Ships, um, and they run a um, – it's a Christian charity, and they run a hospital ship that, when I was there, um, were, were, it was primarily based in West Africa – um, and it offers free surgeries of various types to to people of the countries who could not otherwise obtain such surgeries. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a pharmacist, and so I um I uh, went and basically was their pharmacist for a couple of years. Initially, it was supposed to be a year, and then it kind of just extended and extended. And I think in the end, I was there for about two and a half years. Um, and so obviously, on a ship, very limited space. I was sharing cabins. So I didn't really have space um, for multiple kind of DVDs and all the space that they would have they would have taken. Um, and so, um, but I didn't want to get rid of them because, as you said, I had spent a considerable amount of money on them. So, um, <laughs> so it seemed it seemed like a good a good option was to donate them to uh, a, a, tr- a trusted person who would care for them while I was away. Yes. Okay. You know. Now you you've put this picture in my head, right? You put this picture in my head of the of getting the requirements and them telling you you should be in a cabin. You should only t- you should only take the things that are really really important to you. And I can just mm. imagine you sat in your room, look, think, thinking, hmm, hmm, <laughs> sleeping bag or DVDs. Well, funny enough, you did have to make your own entertainment out there. So actually, the DVDs would have come in handy in some senses, but but I was I was glad for my for my duvet at least rather than a sleeping bag. But still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So oh, so that was good. But I, would, I want to say thank you very much for that because for the year that you were gone, I was like known as the man. People were like, "Oh my God, what DVDs have you got?" It's like, "Oh well, uh, let me see what I have here." <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm sure we can find something for your film night. And that was like mm-hmm. the that was like the the period of my life. I was like, you know, this is what I could have been like if I'd actually been bothered to spend money. But <laughs> 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 this is the popularity I could have had. <laughs> 
maybe yes <laughs> but all right okay so you're back now and um mm. you're back now and you are uh, up in leeds mm-hmm. yeah which as well, i know we had karen on the show a couple of weeks ago and she was talking all about leeds and the great cinemas you have up there which make us think that we need to come on some sort of pilgrimage to bradford and leeds for the big screen weekend when we're actually allowed to get out back out there but uh, yes that was very cool yes yes it would be really good and obviously if when that happens i'm going to be dragging you along whatever happens but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's get on to the let's get on to the questions that we have here i'll put in the questions on our uh netflix versus cinema interview and so the first one that we always ask people is what was the first film you saw at cinema what was that all about well to be perfectly honest i can't remember yep. um so I don't feel like I went to the cinema a lot as a child, probably because it was expensive and, you know, it, it just didn't didn't happen a great deal. Um, I, sp- I do remember spending a lot of time in video shops, not quite Blockbuster, but like your local version of, um, picking videos to watch. And we had an extensive video collection at home, maybe where I inherited my desire to have a good DVD collection from. Anyway, yep. so I watched a lot of films as a child but I couldn't tell you which one I first saw at the cinema. My first abiding memory of being at the cinema, or the one that stands out, is when I was about 15. I'm sure I went to the cinema before then, but I don't remember. So I'll have to go with that one, which I'm slightly sad to say was Titanic. <laughs> okay, so you say, so you say sad to say. Explain, explain. Why, why sad? Well, well just well i suppose literally as in my overriding memory of seeing titanic was the sobbing that went on around cinema during the film <laughs> and maybe that's why it sticks out in my mind in that there was a lot of sobbing from a lot of people probably myself included being a 15 year old girl at the time um <laughs> you know and um yeah just just yeah sobbing sadness things like that um so yeah and obviously Titanic was epic and I did love it at the time and perhaps if I were to watch it again it would be with a slightly more critical eye but um but uh but yeah that that's my that's my 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 kind of first memory of going to the cinema to see uh to see something at least you see now now personally I know that there's a lot of people I know that it's quite fashionable amongst certain circles to sort of to rag on Titanic and be like, oh my god, Titanic! Oh, this, that, uh, uh, oh yeah, that door hmm. was definitely big enough for two people, and all that kind of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I, I know, I know that there is, there is that in there, but um, <laughs> but I remember seeing Titanic. I remember seeing it in Yeovil in Somerset on opening mm. night when it when it came out with some friends. I remember watching that and going. Oh, and my first thought when I came on was like, they just don't make films like this anymore. This is awesome. This is epic. But the thing is, like, mm. I saw it before the aforementioned crying by a whole bunch, like, <laughs> that what felt like every single teenage girl in the country kicked off. And before, yes. the, and, and with that, before the whole Leonardo DiCaprio, like, essentially people lusting after Leonardo DiCaprio before that whole thing kicked off. So I was like, oh my God, guys, you got to go see this film. So I actually saw Titanic at the cinema three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so one, one before it all kicked off. And I was just like, oh my God, that's a great film. And so I went back with another friend who hadn't seen it. And I was staying with somebody for half term and they hadn't seen it. So I went with them. And by the third time, it was, I was like, what the heck is all this sniffling going on around me? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like the, the film yeah. hasn't even started yet. Oh no! <laughs> it's like, it terrible, isn't it? I, mean, I remember that I liked it so much that I actually went and bought the CD of the soundtrack. And oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. I have a soundtrack. I love the um, the music is amazing. I think the music is great. Music is amazing. Yeah, James mm. Horner. James Horner did brilliant mm-hmm. work on the music, and we're not talking just about Celine Dion's number one no, that was number one for no, how many weeks no. we're not talking about that we're talking about the actual <laughs> classical yeah. orchestrated composed music yeah. for some score yes yeah, does it yeah for, for the film and I, I i remember watching i think this was amazing then i went back to school because i was in boarding school in somerset at the time and when some girls found out that i had the titanic soundtrack they grabbed it off me and when i found them they were sat down in a room <laughs> there were like five girls. One of them was underneath the table. One of them was curled up on a sofa. One was one of them was on the sofa in the other corner, and they were playing the soundtrack and all just sort of curled up in random corners of this room, crying. And, oh my god! And, and I remember going, "What the heck?" <laughs> oh wow! So I had heard about these sort of crying parties. Of, yes, um, listening to the soundtrack, but um. I, I, I didn't that wasn't my purpose for buying it I have to admit um and and I don't think I ever did that I, I did just like the music but um but yeah it did get a little bit hijacked didn't it yeah I, I think it did I think I think I had Titanic and look everybody's allowed to have their own response to it but for, mm. but for me it was just a really really weird response I was just <laughs> I just I just couldn't figure fair, out what the heck was fair. I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on and it mm. I have to admit, it did kill Titanic a bit for me because I remember from day release going, oh my God, I love this film. Everybody should see this film. To going, okay, I, I'm not sure this is right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sure. So, yeah. but that is the first film you remember. Mm. All the rest were like, all the rest I've kind of like, that I remember watching as a kid. I'm pretty sure I saw at home on like from a video or on the TV or whatever. Yep. So, but that's my first cinema cinema experience that I remember. Oh right! So you don't you do you remember um, like um, having any sort of anticipation to towards going to the cinema, or was it just kind of like a oh we see films on small screen, we see films on big screen, big deal? Mm, I think I saw going to the cinema more as a social thing. It was something to do with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there was a lot of anticipation necessarily about the film in fact i have some memories of going to the cinema staring at them going do we know what any of these films are about should we see that one okay look. <laughs> you know so it, it was when i was a teenager it was certainly more about that than it was like specifically about getting excited about the actual film yeah um yeah i would say oh all right so do you did you have any particular cinema going buddies that we can give a shout out to Oh, I, I guess the kids, the guys that I was, um, the guys that I was friends with when I was, um, yeah, when I was, when I was a teenager, oh, um, it would, it would have been the, yeah, so some friends that I was, um, friends with in church and from our youth group, um, so people like Andy Packett, uh, David Berry, Matt Sadler, none of them will probably listen or even pay attention, but still, um, <laughs> who else was there, um, Rachel and Lydia maybe as well so just a little a a kind of gang of people that I would hang out with at that time um that it was as most teens do it was important it was more important to spend time with them than than it was necessarily what we were doing okay and I'm going a bit off piece here because you're asking you're saying things that are making me go "Ooh, ooh, how about this so 
with that with it being the fact that it was okay so i can imagine i can imagine this is this tends to be the case with a, a lot of us who end up being film buffs that you might be really into the film but a whole bunch of people might not really understand what you're on about so were there any films that you got dragged along to because you were doing it for the group that you really didn't want to see when you would rather have seen something else um, I think I, re- I I couldn't tell you which one, but I have very clear. Me- <laughs> this is when I was at university. I have a very clear memory of the girls in my group. So this was a different group of friends going to see something. Then I see what, but I went to see something like Star Wars or Star Trek or something non girly because they wanted to go and see that, and I was more interested in seeing that film, <laughs> um, and I didn't want to see that whatever film it was that they were seeing. So I do remember that, um, and having quite. I guess maybe it was more of a, this film is worth seeing at the cinema. That film will be the same on a small screen or a big screen. So okay. I'd rather see the film that's worth seeing at the cinema <laughs> than, than that film. Um, so I remember doing that. Um, is there anything else that I've kind of seen when everybody else wanted to see something else? I'm sure I've seen things at the cinema that I was like, I don't really want to, but everybody else wants to see this, so why not? Um, yeah. But nothing jumps out at me at the moment, so. All right, cool. Uh, good. Uh, who, uh, anyway, you're, you're touching some things that we've spoken on in some past issues of the podcast, which is uh, uh, one of the things which was sent to me by your fellow Leeds resident, Karen, was market mm. research that t- says how the rom-com is dead at cinemas, m- largely because people are essentially do- saying what you're saying, saying that'll be the same on a TV screen. Why do I need to go to the cinema to see it? So, mm. so they actually reckon that what we're going to get in the cinemas, if they ever do come back, is <laughs> is going to be more blockbustery, more CGI extravaganzas. Those are the kind of things we're going to see more at the cinemas because people are beginning mm. to think, for fifteen quid, I can watch Bride Wars at home. So, mm. <laughs> so <laughs> true, <laughs> true. Yeah, it's all right. So now. We've, I've just mentioned this. We spoke about cinemas coming back. On our last episode of the podcast well, uh, that we, we recorded, we were talking about how, well, first of all, you had cinema, the government said cinemas can come back from 4th of July. And then Cineworld were like, we're going to open on the 31st of July. No, actually, first of all, Cineworld mm-hmm. said we're going to open on the 13th of July. Audience said we're going to open that weekend as well. Then the big film companies said all oh, right oh we're not going to release our films until august and then cineworld will and uh okay yeah uh, we're going to open on the 31st of july and then odeon kept quiet and we're like okay fine i think that there's this big massive game of chicken going going on <laughs> maybe uh, yeah and so and now this week i got an email from odeon saying we are going to open at some point <laughs> <So>. <laughs> At some point in the future, yep. there will be films. <laughs> Pretty much, that's what they've got. And they've said, "Well, you see, like the, the films, or the the film studios pushed the pushed the release dates back, and so we're not going to open mm. up and everything." So at the moment, we really, we genuinely do not know mm. <laughs> how long they're going to keep playing this game for, and we genuinely mm. do not know whether cinemas are going to come back. And it might be that Netflix, well, as the title of the show is, says, Netflix or cinema. Uh, what we usually do on the show is that we would watch a couple of things on Netflix at home, watch three things at the cinema, and we'll try and figure out this week where was our money better spent. Okay. And that's what we usually do on the show. And the reason mm-hmm. we're doing this, this the, doing the interviews is because obviously at the moment we don't have cinemas, so but we're still watching things at home. So we'll watch things at home, we'll rate them, but then we talk about cinema and we have a bit of a celebration of cinema. And when we mm-hmm. first of all started, we said, well, Netflix has won 2020. That's it. No cinema for the rest of 2020. And mm-hmm. the way cinemas and film studios are behaving, that might end up being true. 
So, mm, <laughs> so, true, possibly. So with that, the next question is all about the last film that you saw at the cinema before <laughs> lockdown hit. Which might be the last film you see at the cinema this year? <laughs> Ever. Um, well, so the last film I saw at the cinema was the adaptation of Emma. Ooh, all right, yeah. I know. Which, um, given my just discussion about rom-coms and such, you would think was a bit odd. But still, um, I am a big Jane Austen fan, and I do, I do like my um, my period dramas. Um, and Emma is one of my favourites, at least the Gwyneth Paltrow version. Um, so yeah, so we, I saw that just, I think it was just a week before, lock, maybe maybe two weeks before lockdown. Yes, around about then, yeah, yeah. So, mm, yes. Um, and what did you yeah. think? In general, I liked it. There were some really funny bits. I particularly liked Bill Nye, not, not however you say his name, as as the father. He was a very excellent, grumpy um, dad of Emma, whose name currently escapes, escapes me. But still, um, and I did like other bits of it. Of um, Miranda Hart as as Miss Bates is obviously hilarious and brilliant <laughs> um because it's miranda and you know you can't really imagine anybody better suited to such a role um so so there were bits of it that i did really enjoy and i did laugh out loud a bit which i do routinely do at cinemas anyway um so um but i have to admit it didn't quite i don't love it quite as much as i do the the, the Gwyneth Paltrow version but that could just be familiarity and you know you get attached to films so um but in general i enjoyed it I liked it. I would watch it again, probably not at a cinema, but would happily watch it again on a small screen. <laughs> did you uh, see it? Oh no, I did not see it. I did not see it, but it is mm. it is one of the last films that um the co-host of the podcast saw with uh, Sharon. Ah. Sharon saw I think the last two films she saw were Emma and Military Wives. And she oh, okay. yeah, she was quite happy with. It. She was like, yeah, yeah, Emma, yeah, quite happy with that. So, so it was. Uh, she's quite. Uh, on the other hand, Sean and I were not entirely happy with the last ones we saw. And if cinemas never come back, we're going to be quite sad. That those, those are the last ones we saw. <laughs> what did you see? <laughs> Sean saw Bloodshot, which is the Vin Diesel movie. Uh, uh, okay. Vin yeah. Diesel playing some reanimated assassin. Blah 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 blah. It, uh, right, yeah. it looks like action movie one hundred and one. And I saw. Mm -hmm. Fantasy Island, which was rubbish. So, <laughs> so okay. Fantasy Island is, is one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, and uh, that is the moment the brain left the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, it's, it, honestly, it, it is so bad that, oh, oh, okay, we've been talking about this thing. There have been some films that I talk about that I say they're so bad, but I say you should watch it because it's going to give you a good rant, and you're just going to be like, I cannot believe what I'm watching. Fantasy Island <laughs> falls into that category. Unlike the films that sure. I, unlike the films that I say are so bad that I love you too much to recommend you watch this film, <laughs> which, which was Artemis Fowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't look. All, I haven't seen it, but didn't look awesome. Have to admit, it's not. It is. <laughs> it's. Uh, God. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, we've we've gone to the point where there are certain films I think I'm I have to ban myself from talking about because even I'm going to go okay. on a rant. I think okay. so. F historically speaking, it's been Batman versus Superman, Star Wars mm -hmm. Episode Nine, and now I have mm -hmm. to add Artemis Fowl to that list. <laughs> because, <laughs> okay, because that sounds fair. Oh, because oh, I'll just go off on a rant. But yes, oh uh, yeah. But the thing with Emma, the new Emma, it seemed like they were doing something. It seems like they'd gone out of their way to make something that was not traditional. 
in, yeah. it, may, it may be a way that Gwyneth Paltrow way the, the Gwyneth Paltrow version of Emma was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they did they did certainly try to change some things around. And I mean, I guess there's only so much that you can do with a relatively clear cut story. At the end of the day, you're still interpreting the same book, aren't you? Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, I, sp- I suppose they did they did change some things. Um, I guess it just it felt a little bit like they kind of switched. Like they wasn't, they weren't quite sure whether they wanted to do the kind of classic, kind of adaptation or do something different, and it it kind of didn't always flow between the two. If that makes sense. Yep, makes makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I just I just like the colors from what I could see. I, I really like the colors. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, That's true. The it, colors, yeah. It wasn't all just sort of dark burgundy and oak holes and all that. A bit like the That's fair. a bit like the um the adaptation of David Copperfield with Dev Patel in it. I I quite like oh, that. One. I, like, I haven't seen that. It looks good though. It is very good. That one is very good. All right, cool. Next question. Mm. So, you, me, yeah. we we are we are unashamed. We are we are beholden to the whole idea of cinema as this big thing. We love it. And mm-hmm. despite of anything, despite of how many rubbish things we watch, we'll love it. Why do you think that is? Why do you think cinema is a thing? What is so great about it? Well, I think I thought, well. I think that cinemas are great because they they offer you a level of escape that perhaps you don't get watching a watching a film on a small screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is an element of some films, as 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 kind of we've said earlier, are just better appreciated in that big screen um, situation, like your really big epic films. Yeah. And the what the the bit that springs to mind, or the or. The thing that I saw that made me think this is so much better on a big screen was, uh, you know, the Le Mis adaptation a few years ago. Yes. Um, with Hugh Jackman and whoever else. Um, and there was, at the very beginning, there was this scene of them pulling that ship into the dock. Yeah. And yeah. I just saw that. Look and thought, down, look down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that bit. And I, when you kind of see that kind of pan out to the size of the ship and the smallness of the people, and you just think, wow. You know, and you would never get that kind of wow feeling if you saw that on a small screen. So there is an element of some films are just amazing and more immersive and more hard hitting in some ways if you see them in a cinema. Then there's also, I guess, the social element of it. It's an opportunity, which I suppose you get if you see it on a small screen as well. But it's the excitement, it's the anticipation, which... You know, I, I remember going to see Lord of the Rings when they f- they first came out. I was so excited to see them, <laughs> so excited. You know, like, and so it's the anticipation of look of seeing something brand new and the expectation, etc. And again, you don't you don't get that quite so much if you're not at a cinema. And yeah, those are the type of things that I value or that I would, you know, therefore choose to spend my money on and go to the cinema rather than anything else. And the comfort seats. <laughs> the comfy seats. All right, hang on a second. Are you are you scrubbing okay. something in the background? Am I scrubbing something? No, not at the moment. I might have been playing with my microphone, or my my earphone, okay. bit, which I'll try not to do if that's causing trouble. Oh, no, it just I, I just keep hearing this. So. It's probably me. It's probably me. Me meddling with the headphone set. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, cool. No problem. No problem. <laughs> okay. <stop. laughs> so you're saying you're saying the comfy seats, the comfy seats. Now, uh, mm. I uh, I think I sent you one of our, our previous episodes, which was with uh, Nina Remtula, who we call Superfan Nina around here mm-hmm. in these parts. <laughs> in which in which I think she would agree with you on that point. Uh, I'm not sure whether you listened mm-hmm. to it or whether you heard any of it. <laughs> 
I didn't listen to all of it, so I probably didn't catch that bit, but I kind of caught a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's, it is funny, like, a lot of it is about, and the, the word that keeps coming back again and again is experience, about when you go and see something mm. in the cinema. And you were talking about the the it being social and how you can still do that when you're at home. But I do, mm. I do agree with you, because I remember there have been a couple of midnight screenings I've been to, usually mm. of Marvel movies. And when you sat down there and you sat down there in a room with a couple of hundred people in it and you guys are all looking at each other going, yeah, we know why we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, why here. you look around and you go, oh, you're, you're just as crazy as how I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleep doesn't matter. No, work tomorrow doesn't matter. Good God, no. <laughs> it's like, what, yeah. what matters is seeing Thanos get his butt kicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I and I and th- there is a bit of a communal thing about it. So you just sort of sat out there, and when a big moment happens, and you, and you get this collective kind of whoa, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, definitely. With uh, I, I think there was one of the interviews I did was with my cousin, who's also called Tosin, and he was talking about the difference between Nigerians' reactions in cinemas and the English reaction in cinemas. So in mm-hmm. English reactions, something something massive happens on screen, and I'm not going to try and mention any any moment, in, just in case somebody listening to this is some sort of cave person who has not watched any of the Marvel movies yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just, but, but like, you know, a massive moment happens, and I think in, in like, so like in uh, British cinema, it's kind of like, a, there's almost this sort of like hushed appreciation of it, like, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile he, and he says that meanwhile he, he longs for the days when he's in the Nigerian cinema and something like that happens everybody goes whoa oh shit <laughs> <laughs> and the whole cinema goes wild <laughs> which 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 to be to be fair you don't get you don't get if you're at home uh, unless you have a really really big living room so mm-hmm. it's true yeah. very true but, but I, I will admit and, and I think that if you can get a film I think the kind of films that are going to survive more in cinemas are the films that can give you that moment or give you those moments mm. where there's going to be 200 people in a cinema all kind of wanting to get up and high five each other <laughs> because true. Of, just yeah. because of, did you just see that oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, yeah but, but I would agree with you on that on the on, on that so what with that being the case can you think mm-hmm. of what your favorite communal oh my god moment in the cinema was like what film it was who you were with what that kind of thing um i remember being pretty pretty blown away by transformers i thought i would it's the just first not one. what i would yes yeah. like the yes yeah, so the first time it came to big screen and i mean i have so many childhood memories of, of the transformers cartoons i think i went to see it with I want to say Mike, Mike Browner. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Possibly, I guess. I guess Katie would never have gone. Um, so, <laughs> so um, for anybody so, listening, these, these are these are dear friends of ours. Yeah, <laughs> Mike and Katie. Um, yeah, um, I, at least I think it was Mike. I I could be wrong, but I remember like this, and I remember the first time that they actually did the. I'm not going to try and do the sound, but you know where they actually <laughs> transform. <laughs> exactly, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So I mean, again, being British, I probably didn't do that out loud, but um, but I definitely did it in my head. Um, and the other, um, I'm trying to think if there are any other ones where, uh, yeah, Marvel ones are probably are probably good ones where you get something epic happening and 
there's generally a collective sense of that's so cool or whatever uh, in in the audience um I don't think there are any others that jump out at me. Maybe some of the Lord of the Rings ones. Some of the Lord of the Rings ones are pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, we're getting scrubbing again. I'm not doing anything. I'm not touching anything. I, genuinely. Then I do not know what that is. Uh, it, it, it's, I'm so sorry. It, it honestly sounds like there's somebody scrubbing the floor in the background. <laughs> don't worry, you'll hear I don't it. I think there is. Yeah, you, you you will hear it. You will hear it when you listen back to this. And okay, so okay. now we come on to our final final question. Mm-hmm. We are holding out hope. We are praying. We are supplicating. We are asking whatever deity we can think of to bring cinemas <laughs> back, <laughs> even though yeah. even though the cinemas and the film companies seem to be having this sort of like game where they're just trying to play with their emotions. So, what are you most looking forward to seeing when cinemas actually do reopen? Um, I think the trailer that probably that I've watched recently that has most caught my interest, which I suspect a lot of other people would say the same, is um, Christopher Nolan's Tenet looks particularly interesting um, in terms of a film that's coming out that I think I would go and see that at the cinema. I'm not uh, as much of a cinema goer as perhaps I used to be when I was younger. Um, But as as I said, I will still go for films that look like they're epic or particularly, um, yeah, curious. So um, I think I'm quite looking forward to seeing that. Um, I'm quite looking forward to seeing Wonder Woman as well. That does look quite funny. Um, That's probably, those are the two that kind of jump out as in from my peruse of trailers that I do every now and then to see what's coming out um in the in the future so yeah all right no and would you will you be one of those people that goes in once cinemas um open are you going to wait back hold back and see whether we get a covid spike (laughs) before before you before you make your way to a cinema um i probably wait i mean for me going to cinema is something that i enjoy but it's certainly not on my essential list of things that i need to do so i would wait to see how it panned out first time around i mean but so far we've had an awful lot of relaxation and technically we've not had at least countrywide spikes have we no so, no um, we haven't so you would hope that therefore with the measures that are in place that it is possible to carry on with some level of normality and not uh, not cause a, a spike so hopefully it would be okay but uh, yeah i think i would wait yeah yeah i think i'll be straight in there because my thinking is well whatever happens is got to be better than a pub or a restaurant <laughs> that's true <laughs> because that i mean true. i like a pub i do not trust the public i don't trust those people <laughs> i don't trust them to not be idiots <laughs> so, oh. but uh, with, the, with the cinema at least you can regulate the idiocy of people <laughs> you can you can that is true all right okay so with that i just want to say very thank you so much for joining us today on the interview You're welcome yeah hope hope you've enjoyed it and i hope it was not as painful as you originally thought it would be. <laughs> no it was not unsurprisingly it was not <laughs> but i'm sorry about whatever random noises you're hearing on my my end so no, no, no problem, no problem. You you hear it on the playback. It is it is interesting. <laughs> it is it is interesting. <laughs> oh uh, well, never mind. All right, cool. Thanks. I'll chat to you later. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you very much, Mim, for being on the podcast this week. It was a pleasure, as always, to natter on about films with you ad infinitum. Now, Sean, Sharon, what did you think of that? Well, go on, Sharon. Go on, you go first. I was going to say, first Ladies off, well done to her for being on the Mercy Ships. That's oh, yeah. amazing. I mean, I've heard of, obviously, been heard, heard of the Mercy Ships for years because it's something there that 
but yeah, well done for her for spending time on the Mercy ships. That's that's yeah, kudos to her for that. Yeah. So um, that's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and great. then okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's quite it's quite funny. Um, obviously, I, I assume she's of an age of an era with like probably, but quite near age to you, I would think, Toes. And yeah, yeah, talk, yeah, talk about some that. some of the DVDs with the Die Hard and the the you know that would Lethal Weapon of, and all that. Yeah, that was yeah, the Star Wars. So that, so that was like an era. That was like an era of uh, a certain age. Which I mean, the, the, you, you know, they was okay. I guess I was doing other things then, um, and I wasn't quite so so, uh, you know, like like. Uh, what can I say? But what I, what, what I think is interesting is reactions in cinema and you're saying about reaction cinema. Now, you know, like when sometimes like something's going on, you're watching the screen and how the audience will will, will either make sounds or go, Ooh, or things yeah. like that. Well, the, yeah. the one I remember, the one I really, really remember, and I still even to this day, and actually, I actually I did watch that again. I think, but did I say that last week? Anyway, in Assault on Precinct 13, oh, I remember yeah. seeing it. This would have been in the cinema, and I remember the bit in the cells where Napoleon Wilson breaks that sort of gang member's arm, and I just remember, I, I, and I can still hear it now, everybody in the cinema going, whoa, like that. <laughs> there was, and I still remember that. I still remember that bit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I did watch that again. I did watch that again, but I think I told you that last week, didn't I? No, no, you told us that, that yesterday. No, not that one. Oh, yesterday, did I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yesterday, when we yeah. were not recording. <laughs> Oh right, okay, yeah. So, so I watched that. I watched that again, which, well, as you know, it's one of my, it's up in my top three. So, so yeah. yeah, and it's still good. It's still, still one of the best, you know. And you liked that, didn't you, Tozen? I saw that on Precinct Thirteen. Is a very yeah. good film. It's a very good yeah. film. And I know there are some people who are probably yelling at whatever podcast listening device that they have right now, going, "What do you mean, very good? It's amazing!" <laughs> <laughs> I know. You've seen it, haven't you, Sharon? Yeah, Sharon. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I saw the Precinct 13. Don't I mean, about I, the remake, but yeah, the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the original is just one of those things. It's like the, the sustained tension that you have throughout mm. that film, I think is masterful. And it's the fact that it's a really, really simple story, but you get to, you get sucked in. You get, it's kind yeah. of like, it's, it's, and I think when we reviewed it on another podcast, I spoke about it as being just like, it was like a lean film. It was like all muscle. There's no fat. Mm. There's no fat mm. on that one whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, right. What do we need to know? We need to know this. We need to know that. We need to know that. Who's attacking them? We don't need to know. What are their names? We don't need to know. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> who, do we need, who do we need exactly. to know? But, the people who are within this police station. That's all. That's all we need to know. <laughs> and and there's are these defining scenes, aren't there? Like the little girl at the ice cream van. It's yes. just that you could just, yes. you could just yeah. see it, can't you? The way that it's just framed and the way it unfolds. And it's just like... Yeah. You know, you're, you're there, aren't you? When you hear it's, that. It's, it's funny what you say about the remake, and I know maybe I'm perhaps I'm a bit precious. I, you know, thinking about that film, and I, I think I went to town on it a little bit and hated it, but purely for, uh, you, you know, renaming it Assault on Precinct 13, the remake, because yeah. with Lawrence Fishburne, because, you know, if they'd have called it something different, uh, it probably it would have been, been a film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if they'd have called it something like, you know, um, I don't know, but what, what other titles could you give, like... Uh, you know, Pris- prison uh, station under siege or something like that. Do you know what Pri- I mean? Prison but, siege. So actually, prison siege. Yeah. So, and then I probably would have not. You know, I'd have thought, oh well, yeah, it's okay, it would do. But you know, I mean, I know that's being precious, and I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm of an age. No, you're no, speaking. No, they, well, to... they were trying to sell the film on people who'd seen the original, saying that, "Hey, you like that? Come and see this." That's what they yeah. were trying to. They were just exploiting yeah. that that history without actually delivering. 
Mm. Well, then it's like, no, sure, don't worry about that because you're speaking to somebody who owns the Blues Brothers 2000. Has I've owned the Blues Brothers 2000 <laughs> on DVD for about for about ten years, and I've never no. watched it. I've no. never watched it because, and the only reason I have it on DVD is because it came in a two DVD box set with the Blues Brothers, which is my favorite film of uh. all time. And so I've seen the Blues Brothers over and over again. I have never watched the Blues Brothers 2000. And so I told when you talk about being precious, I don't worry. I yeah. I'm with you because but I'm like, yeah, you don't mess with. Yeah, you just don't mess with something. It's it's like it's the film I've looked at and I'm going. I've I've actually looked at it. It's not even that I've watched it and said it isn't good. I've said you are going to have to be pretty excellent to not sully my image, the image of the original in my head. Therefore, I'm as far as I'm concerned, you don't exist. <laughs> and, and I've just refused to watch the film. I've never watched the film, and I might watch it one day, but so far, never watched it. <coughs> I think sometimes yeah, you don't. I think sometimes you almost have to reclaim the original film because others subsequent sequels or whatever it almost take something away from that. And so it's sometimes you yeah. have to say, that, okay, I'm going to just reject everything beyond that point and then go back and start to love again the original because you know you've taken that from me. I felt that way about all, nearly every single Terminator film. The only, <laughs> I only really loved the original Terminator. I didn't even like the second one. Everyone else raved about Ooh, the wow. second one. And I, I didn't like it. And so to me, I have to, I just discard everything after the original. To me, you know, The Terminator you know, is a standalone film. It doesn't have a sequel. Sharon, I have to say that I quite agree with you on that. I don't mind the, the other Terminator films, but the, the first one is definitely by far the, the, the best out of the whole bunch. Definitely. Yeah, in my head, I, I totally there, is no, there doesn't have yeah. anything that comes after it. When it ends, that's when it ends. Mm. But also, also, yeah, yeah. Also, there was about uh, we were talking about um, scenes as well, particular scenes that that you know stick in your mind that to uh, remind you what made you made you love cinema. And I was I was thinking that I was thinking by the scene that I and I, I know that's probably the first film that I remember seeing was the Warlord again. But I go to that. But I just remember the axes in the. Do you know what I mean? I can still visualize <laughs> the axes going into the portcullis door. You know. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what scenes you particularly remember. Have you got? You must have some scenes from films gone by that actually just you, you can never forget. They're just like, oh yeah, I love that bit. Or me? Yeah, you. Huh? Yeah. No. Oh. I, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I'm actually not, blanking right now. It would have been. It's got to be Blues Brothers for you, and I would have think. We got well, a full, there's they full can of gas. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely lines in the Blues Brothers that I could, I you know, quote forever, quote forever. It's I, like, and I, <laughs> I think I've said like this the, as well before. My favourite line is in in the Blues Brothers film is where the guy turns in the swimming pool. Don't say a <laughs> word. Right? That is, it's a lake. Is, it's a lake. Is, oh, it's a lake. But that is that's. That, that, I, I seriously. No, I'm sorry. You know, I remember. I remember bits of the Blues Brothers, but that that was just class. That was. Yeah, I know, you know I, the bit I'm talking about the good I know old exactly. boys. The good old boys. The good old boys. After, after they glued the accelerators to the floor, and so they they chase us to the Blues Brothers. They crash through a barn, go up into the air, land in this lake, and and the lead singer of the Good Old Boys, played by Charles Napier, turns to Bob, who owns Bob's Country Bunker, and he just he just looks at him, points at him, and he just goes, "Don't you say a word." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the, the Blues Brothers is full of lines like that. And there's just there's lines like there's 
And this, for instance, those are the kind of lines that you said. I've mentioned before how it was a film I grew up with and I never realized that there was swearing in the film. So all these lines were blanking out all the swear words because they're, they're, and I never, I watched it as a kid, never realized there was, and it wasn't until I grew up later in life and I was trying to say some of the lines and I was like, don't you, oh, 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 that's, that's, hey, don't say that. that, that that's <laughs> a bad word. <laughs> it's like, like I know that there, there's a bit where he goes, there's a bit where they're in a car, they're, they're in a traffic jam. And Jake leans out of the window and goes, hey, what's going on? And then the policeman comes and goes, those bombs were, it's like, those bombs were in the court case, so they're marching today. He goes, who's marching? And he goes, the effing Nazi party. And it just goes, <laughs> Nazis. I hate effing Nazis. <laughs> and then, then Elwood just puts the car into gear, drives off. And, okay, yeah, so yeah, there's, the, okay, well, ooh, oh, then, okay, now you've got, me, you've got me thinking, the bit where the car somersaults backwards. There's gonna be something in a James Bond film for your eyes only. Yeah, yeah, there's there's scenes. <laughs> there's scenes, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there there are probably a few iconic scenes where I've gone, whoa, but I can't think of many at the moment. It's gone out of my head. But yep. I was wanted to reference um some of the films that Miriam mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I have I have she talked about you know the first thing she really remembers going to see with her friend is Titanic. Yeah, and I have Titanic. to say, <laughs> I've never seen <laughs> Titanic all the way through. I have never seen it. You see, now, when it was when it was because I was not on that Leonardo DiCaprio bandwagon because I was like twenty years too old for that nonsense. And even if I had been, I think I would have been like, nah, <laughs> no one would choose Leonardo DiCaprio over Billy Zane. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. um, I but I I had I know I have never seen it. I've never you, seen it. You see, now, now, this is one of those things. This is one of the reasons why I am so glad that I caught the film before all the crazy hype started and the entire nation yeah. got drowned in a sea of teenage tears. Yeah. <laughs> that, this is why I'm really, really happy because I can imagine that a couple of weeks, if I'd waited a couple of weeks, I would have been just like you and refused to see yeah. Titanic on principle. <laughs> exactly. Because when it passed me by, I was just like, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to play that game. <laughs> it's like I haven't read Fifty Shades because it's like I read every day. I am not going to read a book because everyone else says it's popular, so I am not reading. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> not right, to be cool. you know, completely disingenuous about it. So Sharon, you were saying that there were you wanted to touch on some other films that uh, Miriam mentioned. Yes, and um, well, I obviously wanted to give a nod to Emma. Uh, I think way we've talked about you know we talked about sort of remakes and where um, a lot of modern remakes, they don't just go to the original source. They seem to take the original source and then want to do something completely odd with it. Whereas when you have a book adaption, they do tend to go back to the source each time. So yeah, yeah. you can have 10 different versions of Emma and at its core, it's Jane Austen's work. So you can have, you can then basically pick your favorite version. Um, where some films you think, yeah, you've taken the original source and they thought, yeah, we don't really like 90% of that, but we'll just keep the name and then we'll keep this bit. Artemis Fowl! <laughs> <laughs> so I think with Emma, particularly of Jane Austen's works, I think that's the one that of all the adaptions I've seen, you can identify the, the, the source material in every one. Yeah. And you think, yes, it works. Whereas I've seen some versions of some Jane Austen works, I'm thinking, did you even bother reading it? <laughs> or did you just watch the television version and just take it from there? Whereas this one, I thought, yeah, there are good elements. Like, obviously, Miranda Hart as Miss Bates 
And I liked Johnny Flynn as Mr. Knightley. I liked the fact that they had a younger cast and that they tried to make it a bit edgier, you know, as you say, yep. with the brighter colours, the yep. way they've cast it, the way they've set it. it they, they'd obviously tried to make it a bit younger and a little bit edgier. So to me, I, I liked Emma. So I'm glad that Miriam did as well, even though it's not her favourite film. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I get that having your favourite version of these of these loved books. Well, I'm not so precious about Emma because it isn't my favourite Jane Austen book. So I can watch any adaption and go, yeah, I like that bit and I like that bit. So on the whole, I did enjoy Emma. Okay. What is one. your favorite Jane Austen book? Persuasion. Persuasion. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, okay, and now. There's only been two film adaptions of that, and one of them I hated, and one of them I really loved. And so I really love a very early BBC version with Kieran Hines as Captain Wentworth. So my favorite book is, yeah, A Persuasion. Oh, you see, now no, this is how you know that it's, Sean is like one of these things. This is how you know that you're like a proper fan because you don't you don't go for something that many people have heard of. I've I've heard of the I've heard of the name Persuasion, and I know it's a Jane Austen book, but it's 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 kind of like you know the back shelf Jane Austen as opposed to the yes. Pride and the Prejudice and the Emmas and the Sense of Sensibilities at the front, and then you have your Northanger Abbeys the hanging around, <laughs> yeah, hanging around the yeah. back that only the They're true the fans yeah. know. Only. <laughs> So yeah, persuasion is my is my personal. All right, oh. cool. Anything else you wanted to touch on? Good. Well, no, I'm again. I, I was interesting her her choices of what she's looking forward to, because Tenet comes up quite a lot, doesn't it? So well, yeah. I don't know a lot about it. it. It's on a lot of people's lists. They say, oh yeah, Chris Nolan's next film, but I don't actually know what it's going to be about, <laughs> other than it's a Chris Nolan film. Yeah, but but and that it's is got that guy in it, but. <laughs> But well, no, that that is one of the characteristics of a Christopher Nolan film. You don't know what it's about. That's the guy. What you're uh, gonna get? Well, yeah. I mean, I think Christopher Nolan needs to run MI5 or something like that because <laughs> honestly, the way the way he runs his sets is like nothing gets out. Absolutely nothing gets out. It makes me wonder how many people are dead because they were going to talk to the press about a Christopher Nolan movie. Because, <laughs> but they're I mean, in a. Uh, motorway bridge somewhere exactly <laughs> exactly i mean it, it's like even when even when it's a film like dunkirk where you know about the historical thing of dunkirk yeah still nobody knew what that film was about until it came out yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the history is there what's it about we don't know <laughs> like but there's going to be boats in it <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We there's going to be boats in it there's going to be a whole bunch of soldiers and they're going to be on a french shore that's it. <laughs> that's what we know. And um, and then get Wonder Woman 1982. That's not one that's sort of popped up very often. 84. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Is that with Linda Carter? Yeah, that looks looks fun. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. would be the original 19. Yeah. You see, so you see, yeah, I've seen you see, the trailer uh, for that one, but it seemed to sort of disappear from people's radar a little bit, didn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. I think there were quite a few films that were gearing up for the release and the lockdown just stole all their thunder like sucked all the air out of them and i think wonder wonder woman yeah. 1984 was one of those but sean by the way i'm saying that there'll be some people listening to this that'll be like who the heck is linda carter what does she have to do with wonder woman <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> 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 there'll be, there'll be people yeah i that. do know i never i never saw i never saw because i know there was a tv program and i remember seeing like probably little teaser trailers from that used to have but the only thing i know i've never never watched one of the episodes but she 
used to spin around, didn't she? Spin around, yeah. Spin around and, and suddenly... had a little gold lashes. Underwoman. All the world is counting on you and the powers you possess. I tell you what, Tozin, you're so good at doing that. Can you do Kit from Knight Rider? What? Knight Rider, can you do the car? The music. I can't do it. The music or the car. I'm sorry, Michael, but that is impossible. Because <laughs> it, but then it goes. It's like goes. Yeah, that's it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that oh, or oh, Night Rider. I could go into. I, oh, but okay. We could go for Night Rider. But no, for once, I think we're having a shorter podcast than we usually do, and. I want oh, to right, keep okay. it that way. <laughs> if, if for no other reason, to, for no other reason, just to prove to ourselves that we can do it, we, we can we have can we can have a podcast that's closer to one hour than two. So, so, so are we? Uh, uh, anything else, guys? Anything else? Yeah, I'm clear. Uh, I'm clear. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So until Otherwise next week, we'll go down a rabbit hole, won't we? Yeah. Until next yeah. week, when when I hopefully will finish watching the Five Bloods, and and what I am what I what I'm thinking might end up being a battle of the wills between Sean and I will ensue. <laughs> um, I think at the moment, at the moment, I think if I had to do it now, it would be a battle of the wills. But I mean, I we have all seen it. We've all seen films start off strong and then go off a cliff. So I, so I'm waiting. Uh, I'm reserving judgment to see whether maybe this might be one of those films. This might be a Terminator Genesis. This might be a Man of Steel that has a brilliant yeah. first half hour and then goes wrong. <laughs> Just goes wrong. Um, it might be that, but we'll see. But until next week, when we shall have that massive battle, where we shall duke it out, it shall be Metro vs. Cinema, Sean vs. Tosin. <laughs> Until next week, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. We will see you all next week with possibly some pictures from Sean's backyard cinema. <laughs> no, it's a week. It's week. No, it'll be the week they after. Are. Oh, week after. Week after that. Okay, cool. Good yeah. stuff. Oh. All right. Okay, thank you very much. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye.